following is a special presentation of the Benefit of the Dowd podcast. From Chicago, it's the Doubting Thomas podcast with Clifton Thomas and your host, We're live! Hello and welcome to the Doubting Thomas Monthly Recap for January 2021. It has been a month, people, let me just tell you. Like, from an event standpoint, we had CES, we had Samsung, we had LG, and we had uh, we talked about 5G with Miriam Jouar, we talked about... Uh, crew in a box with uh, Ira, Ira, Ira Rosenzweig. It takes me a while to get his name because it's uh, it's complicated. And just personally, like from a freelance perspective, I have been chicken with my head cut off. So anyway, how you doing, Cliff? I'm doing well. Just, uh, glad that now that you say that, glad that my work usually stops around five. <laughs> <laughs> right. And well, I, see, I mean. I got a new toy today, so. Um, I feel good. Okay. I feel good about that. It's show an old it toy. I know you it's want new, to. but it's old. I know you want to. Show it. Let's mm. see it. Let's see it. The Lumia 1020 with the Oreo on the back. I love it. Look at it. that cookie on the back. That is a cookie. <laughs> that, is, that is like the mother of all camera bumps. It is. And I, it, and I can see myself in the screen there just briefly. When the when table gets around. a knock and this thing gets a rock, and let me tell Oof. you. Boy, I'll tell you. Well, I mean, and the nice thing about that, so for our viewers, it was a Lumia 1020 that Cliff was showing off. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool because, like, that thing just was an innovator in its time. Like, you know, that 40 megapixel camera 41 that megapixel. could... 41 megapixel. pardon. <laughs> and, you know, that could just, like, you know, you could crop in on that and, like... Mm. It wasn't a zoom per se, but it was a crop, kind of like how the Galaxy S twenty did, the Galaxy mm-hmm. S twenty Ultra did its, you know, hybrid zoom. It, it would just like crop in on the Basically larger just does sensor. Pixel binning for your uh, <clears throat> right, but anyway, yeah, it's. I'll tell you, and I'm sure you didn't want to start off with this, but yeah, whatever. For one <laughs> thing, I will say Windows Phone still feels fresh to me. Yeah, and this is eight point one, so it's not even Windows Mobile ten mobile. Like it's still it's right. like you know generations old, and it's it's a little laggy compared to just you know like the eight sixty five or an eight 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 if we're talking um, Android and 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 like a nine you know one hundred and twenty hertz screen. Like you definitely see the difference there, but it's just so different, and it's nice to be back on it even if nothing works. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you can't even. I was trying to I was trying to like okay how am I, how am I going to get the images off of this thing. Because can you even, oh yeah, like, I was gonna say, can you even set up like an like any? Is there even an app store anymore? I, I mean, haven't. Like, no, it just sits there and spins. You can't even you can't even log into like with your Microsoft account. It just sits there and it would be the equivalent of spinning, except with you know with Windows Phone, it was just the little dots going across. Yeah, it just sits oh, there and does that. I, I hate those dots so much. <laughs> I saw those dots so much, but mm-hmm. wow, that's, I mean, you know, congratulations on, on finding one that looks Brand like new. it's in pretty good, pretty good condition. And, you know, I hope you can, you know, is there any kind of like, like with WebOS, is there any kind of like homebrew community or? I haven't. So first of all, going back to taking the, 
photos off of it, and it, are you, it's actually nice because I think it just sees it as mass storage when you plug it in with a micro USB. So then it just pops open Windows Explorer and and you can then Windows Photo or whatever it is your standard. Yeah. So yeah, it's easy to get them off. Okay, um, good. Okay. But uh, yeah, I I know there's there's some stuff like un, um, unlocking and doing like the equivalent of rooting a device, and I think there's like a ROM community out there. I know yeah. that they just made. Um, uh, what is it? Windows 10 X, which is going to run on the, like the tablet cousin of the one, the Surface Duo. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's yeah. a beta that runs on the Lumia 950 XL. Oh, okay. That right. that looks pretty decent. So there is there is a homebrew community out there. I think it's more for the um, the last two Lumia devices, the 950 and the 950 XL, more than um, you know these older Windows Phone devices. But I mean, I never expected to use this as a phone. I mean, I I for one thing, it requires a, a micro SIM, and if you put a nano SIM in there with a, an adapter, it actually will pull the pins up inside there. Yeah, it there. can break it. Yeah, so I you mean, don't want to break it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, because there's no way fix, you're gonna fix that. I so. would. I would like to find the. Um, if you remember, they had the accessory that was like the external battery, and then it gave, gave you like a camera grip. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but it I'm also sure. allows you to uh, put it on the tripod. That's really the only reason I want it. Oh, okay. So I'd like to just, you know, I'd, I'd like to be that super smartphone Uber nerd, uh, photography nerd who goes out and takes pictures with a seven-year-old phone just to say that you can. So anyway, that's that. But yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's a photo I always wanted and I, I never bought because at the time it was, I think it was like $600 and back then that was expensive. Yeah, that was that My whole things have changed. <laughs> right? Yeah, considering my $1,200 phone is set to be delivered tomorrow. <laughs> or the $2,500 uh, Xperia Pro that was released today. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting briefing. <laughs> so, I bet. You're, you're just, your, your eyeballs turn into cartoon dollar signs. Just, uh, basically. Well, I mean, so now Sony does have a point. And um, sure. I watched I watched Michael's, Michael Fisher's video on this um, because he just released his review. But Sony does have a point. If you want to have like a 5G broadcast, 4K streamable, um, you know, uh, setup for your DSLR, it's going to cost you like two grand and extra stuff that you have to buy anyway. So it's not completely crazy that they might charge $2,500 for this, especially since, I mean, like really the only thing you're adding is 5G millimeter wave, which, by the way, there's no reason why the Sony Xperia 1 Mark II couldn't have that, except they just, they probably didn't want to shoot the Pro in the foot um, prematurely. I wonder if it has the modems on it and they're just not activated or something. Well, because from what I, okay, so the, the, the Xperia 5 Mark II has 5, uh, the US variant of it does not have 5G, but the world variant does. And I don't know right. if it's two different variants or if it's just a territorial band support thing, but whatever. Um, so anyway, so the fact that you would need to get all this extra equipment to do that anyway is kind of an, a, a, a not terrible argument. But at the same time, you're basically getting an Xperia 1 Mark II, which itself debuted at like $1,200, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so eight months ago. You know, and you're getting the same. Uh, yeah, about, it was almost a year or ago. A year actually. ago. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was announced a year ago, but it didn't come out until like May, something like that. Anyway. That's typical Sony. Yeah, right. So, um, so anyway. Um, they're, they've got a they've got a not compelling argument there, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, 
Eh. <laughs> Basically, bottom line is it's not designed for consumers. I don't even think I'm going to ask them for a review unit <laughs> because I, mean, I wouldn't the, know what to do with it. I mean, like, kit, unless unless you get the review kit like uh, Michael Fisher got. That like has what Fisher the Ace, did, yeah. Yeah, the, SL, the A-Series SLR with all of the attachments. I mean, there's really no way to, to really... I mean, it really is just a polycarbonate body on a one Mark II. Yeah, <laughs> Otherwise, and you can... Uh, you can use other DSLRs oh, can with you? the phone. Because yeah, of the HDMI can, out? Yeah, yeah because it's other? HDMI. Yeah. Um, so you can use that with other cameras. So I could probably connect it to my... to my uh, what, what the hell do I have? You have a Rebel <laughs> My Panasonic. Or something? Oh, you have a um, Panasonic? No, I've got... The, I've got the, yeah, I've, got, I've had the Lum, uh, Lumix... Um, um, like a f- 5 or a 6? G80, G85. G85, okay. G85. So um, I've had that for about a year now because I was gonna sh- I was gonna learn how to make four videos in 4K and then like the one site that I ever made videos for said yeah we don't need videos from you anymore so I'm like oh <laughs> well I guess I don't need this camera but I it's already bought nice it camera. so whatever it is still a nice camera um, but anyway so I could use it with that I could even probably even use it with the Canon but um, it's just it's not for me and it's not really for my audience and that's why like so I've got a review coming up on this. Xperia 5 Mark II, and I'm going to touch on the 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 advanced camera features in here, mm. but that's not going to be a focus of the review because for two reasons: a, I'm not I'm not a DSLR pro. I'm not very good at DSLRs, to be perfectly honest with you. I know what the terminology is, but like actually manipulating those. Um, actually manipulating those settings to come out with a quality picture, not my cup of tea. I am full-on auto. But the the second reason, and the reason I can get away with this, is because when the Sony uh, Xperia 5 Mark II was announced, Sony put a gaming twist on it and said, hey, this is a, this phone is for gamers, too, because we got a big battery and we got a 120 hertz screen and blah, 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 blah. So that's why I can get away with it. So this is like true confessions from your podcast reviewer. Um, that's why I can get away with this so but yeah i don't even think i'm going to even ask for a review you know unless they do the whole review kit but even then i don't even know what i would do with it honestly i'd be like i'd be like a monkey trying to hump a doorknob as rip torn used to say you know so <laughs> you it's like another uh trip around illinois and film stuff yeah. and stream it on 5g this time Oh, there you go. Yeah, Zachary Palmer is, just wants to go ahead and give away my weekend for me. Uh, redo the 5G road test and do 23 live streams at 23 locations in two days. <laughs> um, my wife would kill me. Uh, <laughs> You're like, I'll see you in three days. Yeah, she already wasn't too thrilled about the whole Black Friday going out on Black Friday thing. But mm. um, I, I'm trying to. Yeah, I've got the right now. This quote is going like straight across Cliff's face, so I'm going to go ahead and turn that off. But it's a good thought, Zachary Palmer. But um, yeah, I don't think so. Um, but eh, maybe in a maybe in a year or two, I'll tell you what. Give me like not that I don't love you all, but give me like you know 80 more patrons, and maybe we can have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so because then this will be much more of a job and less of a hobby. Uh, anyway, so we should move on to like. As long as we're showing off cool stuff. Uh oh. I got I got I got a little toy here too. I'm trying to figure out how to put it in here so the camera can see it. Hey look, it's a it's a it's a tiny laptop or it's a gigantic screen. <laughs> Woo! With your face on it. <laughs> 
with my face on it. You like that? So, so this is it. the Think ThinkPad X1 Fold. The unboxing just went out this past weekend, um, and so I'm I'm interested in playing with this. Although this thing utterly failed me today, it was my fault. But it utterly failed me. So my daughter had to go to the doctor today. And in Chicago, we had, <clears throat> I think we ended up with like about six inches of snow altogether. It mm. wasn't so much the quantity, it was the duration. Because the snow started yesterday afternoon and just ended like an hour ago. So, I mean, it was just going and going and going. I had to plow my driveway like three or four times over the last 24 hours. Um but anyway, so my daughter had a doctor's appointment in the city today, so we had to drive in all this crap into the city, and then I'm like, okay, well, from there, we'll just go over to my mom's house, because she's like, you know, 15 minutes away, I'll take the laptop, I'll get some work done, my daughter can do her school from there, yada, yada. I get this to my mom's house and go to turn it on, I see the Lenovo logo, and then it just shuts off. And I'm like, Whoopsies. what the hell? So I was trying, you know, trying to hold down the power button, do all this, blah, blah, blah. Would not turn on. The battery was dead. Like, I, th I thought I had plugged it in last night, but I don't think I plugged it into the right cable. Like, mm -hmm. I think I plugged it into a cable that wasn't actually plugged into anything on the other end. <laughs> because I have USB-C cables scattered all over my desk. Don't we all? So, so, like, just some initial impressions on this is this whole thing. You think that this device would be about this, would be about the folding screen. Because, you know, it opens, right. it closes, it turns into a tiny little laptop. That's the party the story, trick. The story of this laptop is not in that. The story of this laptop is right here. And it mm. is the accessory keyboard that's optional. And I want to say, like... Is it optional? Lenovo, it doesn't come in the box. Oh, that's terrible. And I want to say... I want to say Lenovo charges, like, around $200 for this. Maybe even $300. And this keyboard? I'm getting used to it. But it's not good. <laughs> it's it's really not good. In a world where I have like two bridge keyboards here now, one courtesy of Cliff, thank you very much. Um, I've got two bridge keyboards here, which are roughly the equivalent size of this, like from a typing surface standpoint. The this is only this keyboard that comes with the Lenovo is only one quarter of an inch narrower and one quarter of an inch. Um, um, shorter, I guess. So you're not missing a whole lot of surface area, but this keyboard layout compared to... <laughs> I don't know where my iPad is, but compared to the, the bridge keyboard that I like, you know, it was my first tech. Yeah, I love that keyboard. Mm -hmm. And, like, the difference is, is just, like, night and day like this. For some reason, they decided to put the apostrophe up above the enter key. Nobody should ever put an apostrophe above the enter key. <laughs> Just trust me, um, keyboard manufacturers out there never put the apostrophe above the enter key. So lots but of anyway. typos? Oh, yeah, lots of typos. Now, I'm getting used to it. I, it it's, it's an adjustment, um, but, uh, but that'll all be part of the review, which will be coming, I think, like, I think I have it on the calendar for, like, mid-February somewhere in there. <laughs> so well, It's interesting, though, because, yeah. you know, for years, I mean, since the '90s, IBM and then and then Lenovo with the ThinkPad line has hung its hat um, on the quality of their keyboards. I mean, even mm. with the even with like the the PCAT and the whatever the the uh, but the uh, buckling spring keyboards from IBM from the 
the eighties, you know, those were always the best keyboards you can buy in. ThinkPads have mm. always had amazing keyboards. So you know, the fact that you're having issues with that, let me ask. So is it, it's definitely more the layout than like the key feel and things like that. It's, it's more the layout than the key feel. Absolutely. Like the key feel is actually pretty okay. Even the fact that it's like so cramped doesn't really bother me. It's just the way the keys are laid out and it's, it's just not, it doesn't feel like a normal QWERTY layout, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's really the crux of it, but it's mainly just the buttons along the left side, like the enter key and the apostrophe. And, you know, they do that thing that a lot of Bluetooth keyboards do where they have the function key and they hide like a lot of the symbols and stuff underneath the fun function key. And so if you need like a backslash, you not only have to hold the function key and the shift key and then the backslash, like they do that, which is just <clears throat> in my world, I kind of hate that um, just because like, you know, a normal keyboard doesn't need a function key. And man, I really wish my iPad was somewhere around here. But because like I could show you that the bridge keyboard doesn't do any of that. Like they've got all the it, it's, it's like a normal QWERTY keyboard that like I could pound out, you know, a 10,000 word a script on it if I needed to. I've done that. Like I've literally done that in the past with with this show. I've written like 10 page scripts on on the bridge keyboard you know just like sitting there at my kitchen counter like cramped like this like a like a like a t-rex you know <laughs> but i mean like it doesn't matter because the keyboard is that good so then and my so, question is if someone put a gun to your head would you rather use the accessory keyboard or the touchscreen keyboard oh <laughs> uh because i mean the touchscreen keyboard isn't that much better to be honest yeah um, now there might be, I, I, I've only had this thing for a couple of days, so there might be a better software keyboard in there somewhere. Cause if I remember correctly, like some of the reviews seem to indicate that you could do like a thing where like the bottom half is the whole keyboard and the top half is like the laptop part. And I have not found that mode yet. So I've been looking for it. Um, but I haven't found that mode yet. So there could it that the my answer might change if I ever do find that mode, but for now, yeah, I'd say I'd have to I would have to use the physical keyboard. So especially because the physical keyboard enables you to open up the screen fully, so you get the full thirteen inch monitor. Right, right. So you know you kind of have to do it in that case. So, but I'll tell you what, we're going to review this next month, which means that's going to be a topic for next month, doubting Thomas monthly recap. So there we go. But I just thought I'd give you a little. Uh, Little, uh, little tasty treat. preview, little preview there. So, um, <clears throat> I want to start off by acknowledging the fact that we had Miriam Joar on the podcast to talk about 5G. Um, and honestly, if you listen to the full interview, which will be available in, well, by the time you listen to this, it'll already be available, but, um, because if you're a patron and you're watching this, then it is available. Um, and if you're not, then by the time you hear this, it will become available on Patreon.com. But anyway, um, if you listen to the full interview, we cover just about anything you could possibly talk about with 5G. The only major caveat to that, and I and I mentioned this in the podcast, was when we recorded this, um, Verizon had not released its nationwide 5G network, which oh. I like to call the nationwide, please let us sell the iPhone network. <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> because you know there's no way that Apple would have let them sell an I- a 5G iPhone if they just had millimeter wave. Right. You know that for a fact. And so I have no doubts that Apple put Verizon on notice when the iPhone 11 came out saying, guys, next year we're doing 5G. And if you want in, start building your network now because you're going to need it by then. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, <clears throat> so like we made a lot of references to Verizon and millimeter wave and how Verizon is screwed if they're going to rely completely on millimeter wave. And then the interview came out like two months after they launched their, their sub six network. So whoops. And, but so, I mean, that's really, I mean, like we covered so much in that podcast, you know, it was, it was, like I said, the whole, the finished product was like an hour long. I managed to cut it down to like, well, I think the final product was 27 minutes that went out onto the podcast, which is abnormally long for an interview on the show. Um, you know, for an, for an edited interview, I should say. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think, We've pretty much covered everything 5G that we can possibly cover. Uh, Miriam, love you. Love having you on the show. Would love to have you on again. Mm -hmm. So I think we could just kind of move on. Um, CES was an interesting experience this year. Um, It was all digital, which made things kind of weird because you had to, like, in the past, when I've gone to CES, I've made the mistake, and I, 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 I rectified this mistake when I went in 2019 by, like, scheduling booth visits at a specific time, like, when I knew I was going to be in the building. So, like, I fixed that problem. But even so, like, I didn't schedule enough booth visits in 2019 to really make the most out of my time. And um, I was going to fix that the next time I went to CES, but... <laughs> I ended up not going. Um, so, like a lot of the a lot of the things that we did with CES were, you know, virtual Zoom call booth visits, basically. And I got a few of those in. My registration went in late, so I didn't probably schedule as much as I could have. But that's probably actually a good thing because I was actually really already busy, really busy that week. So it was kind of fun. But I want to get your perspective, Cliff, because like normally you're watching announcements from you know, from home in Iron Gate or at work or whatever. How did you feel about the all virtual CES this year? Like how, how are you, how are you digging it? And we, I can even throw it out to uh, um, Zachary Palmer and CT in the comments and see if, you know, see what they were thinking about it. So CES has kind of become the TV show to me. And I, and I guess laptop show. There's, yeah, you know, yeah, from the mobile space, which, space, which is what I personally pay attention to more. There wasn't a whole lot going on. Our friends at TCL actually did release a, a couple of devices, um, so that was that was cool, and we got to see some neat stuff from TCL and from LG as far as their rollable devices. Um, yeah, you know, having never been to CES, I, I mean, I've been to quite a few trade shows, but nothing for technology. But I, I can imagine even with all of the the stress and the late nights and everything, it still would be a blast. Um, mm-hmm. As a consumer, you know, just watching these, it's ugh, not not being able to have the hands-on uh, from the tech sites yeah. and things like that so much. It's, it's That was kind of a bummer. It, and it just it feels honest. so much more produced because <laughs> it is. I mean, you, you really oh, yeah. are just watching the same thing that you would get from like a Samsung Unpacked or something like that. I'm sure it's different for you because you're getting the, the, the press briefings. 
And right. I I don't know how much that differs, but um, I guess it's just a little more in depth. It 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 does. I mean, really, the main difference is they still give you their spiel, but then they open it up for questions right. afterwards, and you can and you can really kind of drill it down. Um, and I did have a lot of productive meetings there. Like, you know, we, we were able to, I was covering the show for digital trends, um, you know, cause that's, and so that was the, the guys under which I, I attended, I would love to attend for benefit of a doubt. And I, I, I believe next year, um, that will be the case. And I believe Cliff, if you're down, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can get you there too. That would be awesome. So, um. Yeah, so I mean, let's let's do that. Yes, I could only. Please. I think it would be so much fun doing like a daily doubting Thomas mode recap from Definitely. CES, like from the floor. I think that would be amazing, and maybe we could use a Sony Xperia Pro <laughs> to live stream it because that's that's the that's the shiz. So so yeah, like the press briefings were definitely 5G different. Great five G reception you'll have there <laughs> with the eight million <laughs> smartphones, right? Uh, well, it, well, that's one of the things that 5G is supposed to address, uh, though. So, I mean, you know, there you go. Um, so, anyway, um, I think that, like, I think from for the most part, like, a lot of what you saw as a, cons- uh, you know, as, as someone watching from a side would be, would have been similar. But I think the main difference would have been that at a live in-person CES, they would have been doing... Um, like press conferences, kind of like um, like a Samsung Unpacked type of event. Right. And some of them might have live streamed it. Some of them probably wouldn't have. And so you probably would be getting, you probably wouldn't be getting the types of announcements as a consumer that we would have been getting as press. You would have been basically getting our recount, our recounting of the press briefing, unless it was actually something that they did live stream. So, because, like, if I remember correctly, at CES 2019, of the, I want to say I went to, like, 12 different press conferences. I think only two of them were actually live-streamed. Hmm. And I think one of them was Samsung. And um, I actually didn't even go to the Samsung one. I sat in the media room watching the live-stream because I couldn't get into the Samsung press conference. And then, like, I want to say the other one was, like, maybe TCL? Maybe TCL did a live stream. I don't remember, but anyway, so so I think that a a a, a virtual CES gave brands an opportunity to interface major brands. Excuse mm. me, I, I you know Crew in a Box was not doing a live stream from CES, but um, I think it gave major brands a a path directly to the consumers, which was probably beneficial in some ways. But at the same time, it it you know it lost a lot of the personal touch that I think a lot of people right. you know are looking for in a CES attendee. I think so. the one thing I I also didn't see a lot of, and it, it it could just be me in terms of my observation versus reality. But it seems like maybe the um the the relationship that our the United States has with uh, China has had a chilling effect on some of the. Um, Chinese brands from coming to the United States, mm, even because I, I just didn't see a lot of the smaller uh, companies that you might see. Of course, some of that probably just has to do with the fact that no one can travel because it's of COVID and things like that right. too. But I, even if they were doing something virtual, I just I, I didn't hear about a lot of things from them, except from you know from the major players like an Asus or a Lenovo or TCL. Um, you know, I wonder if. 
I wonder if maybe a lot of those smaller brands probably got lost in the noise. You know, like could be because yeah. you know in 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 a virtual in a in a in a in person CES, I could see something on the floor, go right. to John Velasco, my editor, and say, hey, I just saw this really cool gadget. Can I do a write-up on it? And he'll say, sure. I'll sit down and you know bang out a quick article about it, put it up on the news site, and then bada-bing, bada-boom, you hear about it. But like with, with CES, where consumers are getting stuff more from the major brands, the ones that have the leverage to right. do a live stream, right. you know, and yes, I did intentionally mispronounce the word leverage. Um, Lever. But, Aluminium. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, so I, I kind of wonder if maybe that was uh, at, 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 if that put some smaller brands at a at a disadvantage. Oh, which, I'm, I'm sure absolutely. Yeah. You can't just you can't walk to the back of the the building and go to the small booths that are on the sides and the in the yeah. where the cobwebs are. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you, I got to get you to a CES man because there's so much there that I think I, I, you would be like a kid in a candy store. It would yeah. be it would actually be fascinating to watch. I might even launch a second podcast about it. We'll <laughs> I'm gonna take it, my Lumia we'll 1020 it. and be that guy. Yeah, there you go. Cliff's Adventures at CES, and we'll we'll make it a yearly series. But anyway, um, so one of the companies that we saw at CES was obviously Crew in a Box. And um, we, t- we talked about this on the podcast. It was just from the last, um, from the last um, episode that aired. Um, I, I kind of forgot the, uh, the, the name of what we were talking about. So Crew in a Box, for those of you who haven't listened yet or, or, or what have you, um, there was a, uh, a Hollywood director named Ira Rosenzweig was, you know, basically when L.A. went into lockdown, he's like, crap how are we how are any of us supposed to work because as you may have noticed the film industry pretty much shut down when when covid hit so yeah, apparently mm-hmm. tom cruise is keeping them all afloat right now oh right did you hear that yes did you that's hear what that i'm one? talking about anyway so <laughs> anyway that's a that's a side conversation but anyway <laughs> uh, so so ira sat down with a couple of his friends he mentioned the the co-founders in the uh in the interview, but basically what they developed was this big pelican case about mm. maybe uh, 18 inches tall, two feet wide, you know, two feet deep, that in, you basically take off the lid and you set it down on your table and then, like, you take the, the crew in a box and set that down on top of the lid. And basically what you have is a teleprompter and behind the teleprompter is a Blackmagic 6K camera and you, you flip up the lid, and the lid turns into a three-panel LED display. And the cool part is, is that there's a Mac Mini hit uh, built inside this box with cellular connectivity that as soon as you plug it in, it powers on, connects to a cell tower, and then a remote team can operate Every part of this crew in a box thing, it can they can adjust the lighting, they can adjust the camera, they can punch in on the you know on the six K display, mm. they can you know um, run the teleprompter, they can have a director, the, the director can um, there's like a second panel that comes off from the back and you can kind of swing it around to the side and you can have the director sitting there or an interviewer or anybody really, and um, you know you can have. Uh, a producer on a Zoom call, and you can have the talent, and you can have, um, 
you know, uh, he was saying that, you know, some people hired like a white glove service to like go into the talent's place and set this all up for them. <laughs> and like the idea was to like just ship this box to somebody who has no idea. Oh, there you go. There you go, Zachary Palmer, the Xperia Pro as part of the crew in a box. There you go. Um, we'll have to we'll have to mention that to Ira. But um, but anyway, so like you could just set this down on a table, pu- push a button, and you just go. You sit down, you record whatever you need to in high quality 6K, and then the you know it, it all gets saved to a hard drive. It gets uploaded mm. to the cloud over time, and so like it's just it's it was really kind of cool to me because like as I don't I don't want to call myself a filmmaker, but as someone who makes videos, <laughs> um, this was. This is like a really uh, a really innovative solution to a major problem. And you know, this could this is one of those things that literally could change how certain things are done in the film industry. I was thinking that would be great for doing a live remote if you're like one of those small market um local news teams that doesn't have a lot of uh crew totally. or budget. Yeah, just <laughs> here you go. Let's take this pill well, case. I also, uh, you know, he was, uh, Ira mentioned that there was, uh, I forget what it was called, like a drop kit or something like that, where they the would C-130 like, you know, flies over with a parachute and <laughs> just go. Well, like for like some new, some organizations, like I remember specifically there was um, a meteorologist who had like a whole like green screen set up with like all these different like ra- ser- like server rack cases like stacked up on her on her dining room table and stuff like that and like a huge like camera on a dolly set up in her living room and she would like you know report the weather from her living room and like um, oh, wow. you know someone someone on Twitter pro- posted like a BTS video on this and I thought it was kind of cool but like you know if you could just set down a crew in a box plug it in. And like you could replace pretty much all of that equipment, totally. and it's like it's it's plug and play. I mean, it's and and like I said, the the main reason why I wanted to talk to him was because this is something that could change how things are done going forward. Like for live remotes, or um, another uh, possibility that Ira brought up was um, if you're doing like some kind of documentary or something overseas. You know, instead of having to like constantly fly over overseas, you could just fly over, drop down a crew in a box, and say. You know, we'll we'll talk in a month or we'll talk, you know, get, you know, I don't know, seven different subjects, bring them over here, sit them down and we'll and we'll interview them, you know, remotely and stuff like that. So I just that was the main reason. Like, that's not something that my audience will ever need, you know, but excuse me. But I thought it was, you know, something that was, you know, you know, what I look for when I'm looking for stories is like just cool stuff that could potentially be game changing. And so that's why that's why I wanted to make sure I, I talked to them. Yeah, it's it's interesting because as hugely tragic as COVID has been and, and all of the loss and and you know, you guys know what has happened, but it's right. also been interesting to see uh what you know the entrepreneurship that's gone on and the innovation with things like this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like necessity breeds innovation. And yeah. that that sounds like it's definitely you know, in this case, what happened. Um, so yeah, I, I that's it's like the little bit of inspiration and joy you can find amongst all the bad stuff, right? Uh, that's really cool. Yeah. 
Well, and also, I mean, like, just following along with that thread, I mentioned the snow that was going on today in Chicago. Like, so my kids are remote. They're, they're going to be remote learning for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. However, U- U46, their school district, has started bringing back students in person on, like, a hybrid type schedule, which, by the way, sucks, but don't get me started on that. Anyway, um, yes, so, does. but, like, there was barely a sprinkling of snow on the sidewalk last night when U46 decided to just say, okay, you know what? We're not going to have school tomorrow, but it's not going to be a snow day. It's going to be a, a, a distance learning day. Mm-hmm. So, like, instead of, you know, all these kids losing a day of school and having to go an extra day in the summer and yada, 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 I mean, granted, I think they, I think um, the whole COVID situation might have given them a little bit of an itchy trigger finger in that particular regard. Yeah. But like my wife's my wife's school canceled canceled their day without even w- before any snow had fallen. I just she's like, well, we're remote tomorrow, and I looked at him like I can still see the sidewalk. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so but I mean it was it, it's another one of those you know one of those you know, positive seeds that like, you know, we're kind of used to this now. So if there is any type of inclement weather or any other reason why we need to shut down school, we don't necessarily need to lose days of learning because of it. So, and that's cool. It's kind of, it is as an adult, but as a kid, of course, they'll never really know, but I mean, they'll never have, they'll never know days back Uh, in my day. We had snow days. (laughs) A what? Actually, you know what? Actually, you know what? Back in my day, we didn't have snow days. Like, I remember going to school when there was like six inches of snow on the ground and like having to push the car down to the end of the block just to get to the nearest plowed street. <laughs> yeah, we, it was like that in Colorado. I, uh, I lived in Colorado Springs when I was, I think, like between five and seven years old. And I oh, remember yeah. walking to school in the snow and being on the playground with like, you know, two or three, four inches of snow on the ground, just on the swing, just la di da. You just yeah. wore your snow pants, and that was what it was. Right, that's what <laughs> yeah. you did. That's that's how it worked. I mean, my my kid's school has been canceled. You know, before pre COVID, like for like mm-hmm. oncoming storm. There was one. I swear to God, I was I was both amused and kind of irritated. Like they canceled school the night before a huge storm was supposed to hit, and it never hit. Yeah. Like it just totally passed <laughs> us by, and our kids are like. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell, you wimps? Well, you know what happens around here? They they do call it pretty early. It's because I live in a rural area, and some of these kids live out on these crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, they need to send out the people on horseback to notify all the families. <laughs> I keep <can't. laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, but uh, they need to make they they need to make sure none of the carrier carrier pigeons die on the way to the kids' houses <laughs> to inform you that there's oh. not going to be any. School in the one in the one room the one schoolhouse room school that you have, yeah. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. So, yeah, yeah. So for the listening audience who's not aware, Cliff lives pretty much in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so he, um. Anyway, so when he's giving his when he's giving his address on forms, city is in quotation marks. <laughs> um, so well, I'll, anyway, I'll tell you, uh, it's so bad that because I live in a town with about 300 people and I have a post office box. So let's just say I want to get a new phone, right? Like, you know, I'm I'm ordering it uh, from Verizon. I can't wait. Have it I'm sh- trying to imagine this really rare occurrence <laughs> of Cliff wanting to get a new phone. Let me see if I can form that in my head. 
Yeah, as he picks up his Lumia 1020 that he just bought today. But and this happens with not just (laughs) phones, but that was just my hypothetical example that never happens. But the I guess because they use the um, postal service as a way to verify the address, even though you can go on Google Maps and see my house with the address, it tells me it doesn't exist. So I have most most of the time I have to have my stuff shipped to a friend's house with a lot of stuff. It's so frustrating. Hmm. So yeah, yeah that's that, a little frustrating aside there. But, um, yeah, yeah. Speaking of shipping new phones, I got mm-hmm. my notification today that my my uh, Samsung Galaxy S twenty one Ultra will be arriving tomorrow, nice. which is actually two days before the launch date, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, but because it doesn't launch until the 29th, as far as I knew, but I thought it was the twenty seventh. Was it the 27th? I, I could have sworn it was the 29th. Okay, anyway. Well, then I don't feel special. Well, the only reason I say that is because I got an email from um, from Samsung directly because I when they announced it, I just, you know, Samsung has some great deals on their website, and so I just signed up for, like, the, the pre-order thing to get news on it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, no! It is the 29th. Oh, it is you, the 29th. You actually, oh. you actually only get the two uh, the two hundred dollar credit if you pre order up through the 28th. So hmm. there's a countdown timer on Samsung.com. It says two uh, two days, two hours, fifty seven minutes. So um, yeah, it's it's the 29th, and so I'm getting my phone early. <laughs> Biatch. So and and so yes. is Joe Maring, by the way, which is why it comes to mind. Uh, but I actually kind of wish that we were doing this tomorrow. Um, just so I could kind of like hold it up and um, and show y'all, but it's not a big deal. I I will say I would not be jealous of the regular S twenty one or the S twenty one plus. Not to say that they're not nice phones because they definitely are, but I have an S twenty uh, fan edition, so it would be sort of be kind of a lateral move in that respect. But I'm jealous of you getting the Ultra with that camera system. Oh, oh yeah, it looks I'm, so nice. I'm, I'm going to be spending some time downtown, wandering around. I'm going to have the Sony. I'm going to have the iPhone 12 Pro, and I'm going to have the Samsung. I'm going to have that. You remember that that, that three-phone yes, uh, clamp that I had yes. in the 5G testing? That's going to be loaded for bear, man. I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have like, I'm gonna seriously have like three grand of phones inside that. Clip I really, there. I picture you with like holding oh, that with man. one hand, but you're doing the the old. Uh, I'm holding a pillow a underneath <laughs> your clamp. <laughs> oh, oh no, I'm going to be holding a pillow underneath it with the, with my other hand because I don't want so any of those things to yeah, fall. Yeah, that's true. Oh man, but no. So you know what? I, I honestly like. I'm excited by the fact that I've never been that guy to walk around with an iPhone 12 Pro and a Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra in my pocket, and it's like I finally get to be that guy, <laughs> and like. And here's the thing, like, while I was, I was actually having this train of thought earlier today, like, I think what's cool about, like, my career is that I haven't gotten to phone burnout yet. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't reached the point where phones are, like, boring to me. I can find delight in any phone that you put in my hand. I could find something that's really cool about it and something that will make me smile ear to ear. I have yet to find, to review a phone for the show that hasn't given me some kind of happy surprise to it. Like, oh my God, that's really neat. I, I love that. I mean, we all know how much you enjoy the iOS keyboard. It's your favorite part of 
Easy. It is. It is. I, and and yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, I can still find stuff that irritates me. <laughs> but um, but like I I I just I I really appreciate that. And it's probably because I haven't had a year where I've done all the Samsungs, mm. all the One Pluses, all the LGs, all the TCLs, all the Motorola's, all the. I I can kind of see why that might get a little tiresome, <laughs> but. I'm not there yet, and I, I don't anticipate a time that I will be there yet. So it's just it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful feeling being able to still be delighted by that thing that you love. You know, mm-hmm. it, it hasn't become, it, you know, as they say in Stargate, it should never get old, Admiral. <laughs> so, still haven't know. watched that series, so I'll just take your word. Oh, for it. you should. I, I, you should. I think I will. Um, they were commenting like after the third time that SG One had saved the world. Um, you know, he's he, they, he like he's going up to the general, and the general's like, "So you save the world again?" And he's like, "It should never get old, general. <laughs> we saved the world." <laughs> but so, anyway, so yeah. talking about <clears throat> smartphones, and and this this was like brought on by when I ordered this ten twenty, and I started thinking about all the older smartphones that I had laying around, and it was also prompted by my wife asking me to clean up all my shit. <laughs> I just believe that out of me too, but uh, so nah, we're fine. Uh, you know, it just it had been one of those things where I hadn't got them all together in a while, and they were in different boxes all over the place. And so I got them all together, and I don't know if you saw the picture that I posted on uh, Twitter. And in fact, it's actually well, part of it anyway is now like the the header image for my Twitter handle. Oh, right. um, what I'm Let's getting to is look. that I had them all together, and I thought. You know, my I can look at this, and it's kind of like the last decade of my life has been defined by the phones that are right here. Like I had it going all the way from the G1 from uh, HTC oh, and, wow. and Google, you know the original Google phone through WebOS through I had like my original Moto X, and then a, like an LG V20 for some reason. But yeah, it's like. <laughs> I can kind of picture when that those Windows right phones there. came out, and you know, it's it's weird. Like WebOS mm-hmm. and, and Windows Phone were such a huge part of my um, my identity there for a while. And I think I've kind of outgrown that, you know, being like a um, attached to one platform. But yeah, I mean, 2010 through 2021, I guess is is very much like phones are were a huge part of my life. And oh yeah, it, it's weird. I had a similar. I had a similar uh, situation over the summer. I found a box full of phone boxes that I had been saving. And, like, I didn't... The phones weren't in them anymore. Mm. But, like, you know, I had a phone box in there for the Galaxy S3, for, you know, several different Palm phones, several different Windows phones. And, like, I'm just like, man, I don't... It it, it got to the point where, like, if I had thrown these away, like, when I first opened the the box and took out the phone and took everything out, if I had thrown it away, then it would have been okay. But, like, now that I've held on to it for this long, it's kind of a sunk cost. So actually, there was a there was a TikTok video that I made that I never that I never posted to TikTok, but it was um, it was like it was a, a photo of it was a video of me holding the Galaxy S3 box, saying this is the phone box for the first Android phone that I ever owned, and it just like holds there for like two seconds, and then I just toss it into the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't have quite the the emotional impact that I was going for, so I didn't. I didn't, never ended up posting it. But it's too bad I've you still couldn't got have that edited it in somewhere. like a little banana peel slip sound. 
as you did it. <laughs> right. Right. Go on, go on talking about um, phone boxes, though, before we move on here. I, Those of you listening that are phone nerds, this is, I think, I've okay. So this is how big of a phone nerd I am and specifically a Windows phone nerd. Or, or at least, yeah, they kind of are tied together. But so I got my Lumia 1020 and I'm holding, um, for those of you listening to the podcast rather than watching the video, I'm holding up the box. And I was so happy because I didn't know that I got the like standard Nokia like unlocked box instead of the ugly, horrible orange AT&T box from like five years ago. Okay, I, I I don't remember that, but I'm gonna take your word for it. Oh, I'll I'll show you. <laughs> I, it's like I could get the beautiful like recycled material, like mm-hmm. the, the the unlocked Nokia box, or you could have this horrible AT and T. Oh, okay. Just it didn't matter what phone you got. It just the only difference was the picture that it had the the front of it. Like, yep. Okay, I remember those. <laughs> Both Nokia phones, very different. And yeah, the, the generic AT&T packaging for it was just horrible. Yeah, I remember those. So it was coming to it, and I'm like, please don't let it be the AT&T box. I don't like the AT&T <laughs> box. And then just, you know, it's nice when you boot up that phone and you don't have to see the, the carrier logo on it when it boots yeah. up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't mind carrier logos all that much, but okay. So... <laughs> We've got uh, one last thing that I want to talk about before I let you go, because we're we're getting on towards an hour here. But before I do that, I have to do my patron yes. shout outs because my patrons are awesome and they're the only reason that I can afford to. No, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're the reason that this show is actually almost kind of sort of paying for itself. <laughs> so to get to our shout outs, we have Clifton M. Thomas, who for some reason is still a patron. We have Johan Bresky. We have Michael Kepper. We have Mike Hahn, BenderTube. Bender was on the show a couple months ago, and he is now a patron. So welcome, Mike Hahn, and you should all go check out Bender. Uh, BenderTube OG is his name on, on on YouTube. And he also started up another channel, which is which is one that I'm kind of ha- having fun with. It's uh, it's Bender Builds, I believe it is. Let me, let me just make sure I've got this right, because I don't want to, like, screw that up. But, like, every Sunday... Oh, Bender Lego. Bender Lego. Oh, that's, that's what he's right. doing. I remember that. Every Sunday, he has a live stream of him building a Lego set, which is fun. So, I like... you know, And he chats with you while he's doing it. And, you know, you get to watch him build out, you know... I mean, these are, like... And these are not inexpensive Lego sets. These are, like, you know, $100 Lego sets that he's building there. It's like, wow, I'm never going to buy that, but I can sure watch you do it. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so um, so welcome, Mike Hahn, and welcome, Bender, to the Patreon family. And we also have Neil Wilson, we have Scott Brady, and we have Zach Palmer, who is in our chat tonight. So welcome, or thank you to all of you for being awesome and for contributing to the awesomeness that is the benefit of the Dowd podcast. And speaking of people that have contributed to the awesomeness of the benefit of the Dowd podcast... Got to raise one up for LG. So now we haven't heard anything official yet, but a lot of tech news sites over the past week, week and a half have been talking about how LG might be pulling out of the mobile industry completely. And that makes me sad 
because on this show we've had a review of the LG V60, we've had a review of the LG Velvet, we've had a review of the LG Wing. Are, actually, I think probably LG has is the most reviewed company on this on this podcast, except for possibly Lenovo. Lenovo might might have a leg up. I don't know. I have to go back and go back and count that. So, um, um, so I mean, like, I get it. And, you know, I, I waxed poetic on this on the last episode for probably about, I don't know, it was like five, five or ten minutes or something. It was actually a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. But, um, but like, it, it, it's really easy for someone like me to say, oh, LG, you know, you can't do it. You're, you're doing such really cool things. But at the same time, you know, the LG mobile division hasn't made money in years. And, you know... It's it's not just because of certain things. Like I know I offered some slightly sardonic advice during my <laughs> LG retrospective, um, but at the same time, like I love the dual screen phones. I think dual screen phones are awesome, and I think that more companies should do them. And I think LG should do them more. I love the <clears throat> LG Wing. Where's the LG Wing, Cliff? You still have it? it you is, haven't sent it back to me. It is on my dresser, waiting okay. to, well, to be right. sent to you. Okay, so I love the LG Wing, Cliff. I guess not so much, um, but <clears throat> no, it, it, it's an acquired taste. It really is. Um, but like, I love what more than anything, though. I have loved the brashness that LG has um, has has put forth over the last year, year and a half, two years, with dual screens, with the Explorers program, with a rollable phone. Like LG is just like. We don't care what anybody thinks. We're just going to put out some awesome stuff and you guys are going to all love it. And then like suddenly they're like that's going to cost how much? Oh, well, um maybe not. <laughs> so like now LG seems to be pulling back possibly like the 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 future of the rollable phone is in question. Um I saw Dave Ruddock, I believe, the other day posted that he had unconfirmed sources from both AT&T and Verizon that said that they were canceling all LG phone rollouts for this year. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it's like, it's it's starting to get a little bit real, and it makes me sad. That makes me really sad, too, because it's not like LG didn't try to differentiate themselves. If they had just, you know, been doing the proverbial bunt, you know, just... just you know, producing phones that were generic, which I mean, they, they do have those down on, even in the lower end, actually, they, they, they have a phone that's available with the stylus, which until Motorola started doing that recently um, in, the, in the last year. Or so that, that was kind of a LG's little space there. And until you went up into like the, the, the note from Samsung, which was like five of the, <laughs> as far as the cost, uh, you know, so, right. so LG, Really did some interesting stuff for a while there. They were uh, differentiating themselves with, uh, you know, the, the digital uh, the DAC, and um, you know, when all, when every other company was going away uh, from headphone jacks, they doubled down on it, and yeah. they really. <laughs> Not only are we putting in the headphone jack, we're putting in the best headphone jack. Right, exactly. Jack. <laughs> and you know, they've gone through a, a ton of. I think it, I can remember at least two or three. Um, management changes, and yeah, like you're saying, they were they were they were willing to roll the dice on on with the um, experimental stuff like the LG Wing, like the rollable that 
I guess was going to come out. Um, yeah, so I, I just I feel like anytime you ha- lose a player in a marketplace, it just number one um, takes some of the fire out of their competitors um, in terms of yeah, for sure trying to produce a diverse uh, you know set set of phones and and to and to also like you know as far as like pricing and stuff is concerned, this is that's one of my big fears is that it's going to drive the price of phones up even more. Possibly, yeah, because there will be one less. Well, I, I don't know. LG actually was kind of a premium phone competitor, though. So, but they LG always kind of slotted playing. in in that like th- a third less than their competitors for the most part, except for maybe the yeah the wing. They, they, they yeah, always seem to I, offer more value, at least. I mean, the G six, the the wing. I, yeah, but at the same time, their prices were always about two hundred dollars too much. Like for what they were offering compared to what other competitors were offering, that always felt to me like it was always about. Maybe $150, $200 too much. Like, especially the Velvet coming in at like $700, that was not right. It's, it, um, it felt fine to me <laughs> until the other 765 devices were released. And then it was like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah, so, and by the way, while you, while you were talking about that, um, Ryan St. Andre is coming in on our group chat saying, um, so here, here's the quote. Damn, Adam, maybe you should have waited to buy that laptop. RTX 3080 and 3070 laptops just dropped from MSI. And I'm just like, I replied, my my return period literally ended yesterday. <laughs> so I think you're good. Um, anyway. No, I think I'm fine. Yeah, I'm 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 ha- I'm happy with this with this laptop. But um anyway, so uh, back to LG. Um yeah, it's just I LG was uh, LG wasn't willing to... LG was was putting forth the work in the innovation, but I think they were overvaluing the customer demand for that innovation. Like, it probably legitimately cost that much to make a wing. It probably legitimately cost $1,000 to make a wing, you know? And, but at the same time... Especially with all the R&D that went into it especially with all of the R&D, but at a certain point, you just have to recognize that this innovation is not going to sell as high as you think it is, and you can either sell zero phones at $1,000, or you can sell a bunch of phones at, you know, like, I don't know, $700 or something like that at a loss. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it, you, you lose everything if you don't sell anything, but you don't, you only lose a little bit if you sell a lot at, at, at a loss. So Am- that's, that's basically Amazon's whole philosophy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> but the, the so. thing in the end, I, I think it just goes down to the fact that it, it, it feels like we as human beings are more comfortable with binary systems. And what I mean by that is an Apple or, a, um, or, or, a or a Samsung, right? Um, yeah. Uh, Democrats or Republicans, whatever you want to yeah. call it. It's just, and and I I don't think that a lot of um, LG's lack of success in the North American market has to do with anything that they have done particularly wrong. It's just mm. that I think they probably lost the battle about five years ago because of mindshare. I mean, if you look yeah. at if you look at, in some of it's probably marketing. Just in terms of things like the placement of Samsung and Apple devices in carrier stores, um, you know they're always the most prominent. Yeah. And um, he goes back to salespeople. Salespeople push what they know won't get returned, and and yeah. 
the other thing, I mean, if I could, if I could really criticize LG for anything, I hate to kick the, beat them while they're down. But the one thing that they've always done, and I'm not even sure that most people care about, care about this that are buying a phone, but it's software updates. I mean, that the the velvet that we got in for reviews i think last time i fired up was still on the august security update and i'm not i'm not yeah. even talking so much about you know uh release level updates like the you know updating to android 11 or what have what not it's just just making sure that they're taking care of their customers on like a security level to me that's important even if the average customer maybe doesn't see it and that's where i was and honestly motorola they're not the only one motorola is very bad about it for the most part um, and another 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 uh, manufacturer that I could see exiting the market in, in maybe other than like the G series or something. I mean, they're making another try with their the, the uh, Edge series, but yeah, but Motorola is still being propped up by their mid range sales, right? By right, their low exactly. budget and mid range sales. So I mean, like, and I think that's a market that LG was starting to get cut out of there too. Like mm-hmm. that was a problem um, as well. So and by the way, since we're talking about R and D, I just want to pour one out. For my joke that um, that OnePlus totally jumped on um, during my during my uh, my LG res- retrospective, I was said you know LG or the reason OnePlus you know is is where it is today is because Oppo does all of its R and D for them. Uh, but <laughs> and like, then like by the way, <laughs> and then like it's, it's seriously, the day before that podcast came out, they're like. Uh, there's uh, the news headlines read OnePlus and Oppo are consolidating their R and D, and we're like, okay, you're publicly acknowledging it at this point. But anyway, so I just I want to pour one out because that was a damn good joke, and OnePlus totally stepped on it a day before it came I out. Do say so. jokes are all about timing. <sighs> yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> Maybe I should move my podcast release date up till Saturday. So um, I can't do that though because then I would literally never sleep. Um, but. Anyway, so um, we've gone over an hour, so we should probably start to wrap things up a little bit. Did we cover everything? Like, it just seems like we went There's a lot, so like you fast. were saying at the beginning of the podcast. There's a ton of stuff that happened in January. So There is. There is. I'm just, I just want to, because I know I sent you kind of like a half-assed rundown. Um, no, yeah, we covered everything. CES, Chronobox, LG's departure, 5G... ThinkPad X1 Fold and then Samsung Galaxy S21. That phone's coming tomorrow. I am so excited for it um, because you know, by all reports, it's an amazing phone. I uh, oh, this weekend um, for those who are listening live, it, obviously people who are listening to this on the feed will have already heard this, but I've got Hayato Huseman on to talk about the S21, like the whole series, because he just wrapped up his S21 Ultra review and he's starting on his uh, S21 review period. So he was uh, able to give us a little bit of insight on both on both phones. So that's going to be fun. Um, that's coming out this coming weekend. And what are you pulling off of your shelf now? You were talking and about Amos? the box of, or we, we were talking about the box of phones. I just thought, I can't even really. I'm oh. afraid it'll all fall out. But this is an entire box full of phone boxes and phones and. Oh, <laughs> let's see <laughs> That's here. Funny. Got the original OG Sprint Pre. Oh wow! Okay, including like the little vellum sleeve that they came in. You know what? Okay, so one thing that I will say about Cliff's boxes <laughs> is I bought a Pixel Slate from Cliff, um, and. After months and months and months, he finally sent it. No, I'm just kidding. It was like it was like a month and a half, but still. <laughs> so he off. finally he finally sent it over to me, 
And this thing was put together almost exactly the way that Pixel shipped it to him originally, <laughs> down to the plastic covering that co- goes over the tablet. Like, it wasn't actually adhered to the tablet anymore, but it was, like, in the box. I'm like, I could have totally unboxed this for the YouTube channel, and nobody <laughs> would have ever known. Um, so, like, kudos to you, man, because, like, I don't even have, like, all the stuff from the boxes of stuff that I have. So, I like, kudos to you for, like, yeah. <laughs> so kudos to you for um for for keeping all that stuff intact. I mean, like if you ever buy something from Cliff, you're getting the full unboxing experience, <laughs> just so you know. Um so but anyway, I think that's a pretty good place to uh go ahead and wrap things up. Um so Batman, thank you for joining us this evening. And uh for those of you who are listening, Cliff has his uh lower third as I'm Batman. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Okay, so uh, Cliff, thank you for joining me again, and that is going to do it for this edition of the Doubting Thomas Monthly Recap. I would like to thank co-producer Cliff for all of his hard work behind the scenes. He's got an intro for a Tech Mm. Yeah segment coming up this weekend, which I think is going to be pretty baller. Um, And uh, we've got a new series of podcasts coming out next month called The Beyond a Doubt podcast Mm -hmm. where i talk to some of my friends in the industry who are not me which is why it's called beyond a doubt there's doubt and then there's beyond a doubt and our first guest on that podcast is going to be one of my oldest colleagues not oldest like age-wise but one of the first people i started working with jaime rivera nice so that's going to be coming up next month and um that'll be a good time and then we'll Hopefully have a monthly series of Beyond a Doubts along with the monthly series of the Doubting Thomas Monthly Recaps along with the weekly Benefit of a Doubt podcast. So now that I'm done pimping all my crap, let's go ahead and wrap things up and say thank you for watching and for giving us the benefit of the doubt. <laughs>